0: What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to Miss In Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson Fan Podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy.
1: Thanks for tuning in this week. We are so glad to have you for another awesome episode. Uh, Pam, I'm very excited today because we are continuing with our conversations with people who have sung with Kelly Clarkson. Of course, last week we had our friend uh, Jason Farrell on talking about the TV show Duets. Now we're going to go back. 10 years before that, and we're going to go back to the OG American Idol Season 1. We have none other than Top 10 Contestant Jim Vararos on the show today. Very excited to have Jim on the show.
0: I'm so excited because I feel like he is such a fan of Kelly's, Mm -hmm. and I feel like if you're on Twitter, you've likely seen him. He may have even tweeted you. He just loves interacting with Kelly fans because... Not just because he was on that season, just because he genuinely loves her and her music. Yeah. So we're going to talk to him not only about obviously about Kelly, but also just about his time on Idol and what his what the whole experience was like. Because obviously it was a brand new show, no one knew anything, mm-hmm. and he was thrown in there just like Kelly was. So I'm very very excited to hear about that.
1: We are so happy to welcome a uh, a man who is on the ground floor of not only uh, Kelly Clarkson's career, but also. One of the most successful uh, singing competitions in television history, American Idol. He is from season one, top 10 contestant, Jim Varro's. Jim. Hello, Hey guys. How are you? Woo! So good to so see nice you.
0: nice to meet you.
2: That's a great intro. Wow. I was like, that is very, you make me sound like such a, such a big accomplished deal. when really, <laughs> I was number nine and I got lucky. Oh
0: my, <laughs> <laughs> my God, stop it. You God, had to get stop. there on talent
1: and you know that.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, I slept with a few people
0: together,
2: but <laughs>
1: yes, I totally agree, yes. Well, Jim, you know, first and foremost, you know, we are rapidly approaching the 20th anniversary of the first uh, season of American Idol. Uh, what does it mean for you as someone who was OG first season to see the American Idol franchise uh, as it is now? What is What does it mean to you to to look at that franchise today?
2: Um, gosh, well, first off, I think that, um, you know, I was 19 at the time, you know, Kelly and I are actually very close in, um, in age. She's just, I think a couple months older than me, but, you know, I, I came from a very small town, right. In Crystal Lake, Illinois. And so whenever we are asked when we're younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. What do you see yourself in, you know, 10 years, 15 years, you know, and some, some kids say, I want to be famous. I want to be a star. Right. Um, when you embark upon what all of us have the first season it is it's life changing. And I think that you subject yourself to a lot of criticism. And I think when you don't come from that world, it's hard, you know? So when I look back, you know, and again, 20 years, next year, which is crazy. I just, I I just look back with gratitude and I look back with a lot of love um, but also, you know, seeing these kids, whether it's the voice, right. Whether if it's any, you know, sort of public singing competition, it's fucking hard. (laughs) And it's hard to subject yourself to, you know, all of these people because it's a free for all, right. It's like anyone can say anything about you and you have to learn very quickly how to navigate that and how to basically not let it get to you. And that is a very hard thing. Um, So I, I give a lot of credit to anybody that's willing to put themselves out there. Um, And I think, what what is most important is what you do with it and how you can take that and make it work for you um Justin Guarini, who you know is still a, a very dear friend of mine, posted something recently, and it was so true. He said that when you embark upon a show like that, you feel like you're gonna be taken care of like they're gonna take care of you, and the fact of the matter is is you're not, and they don't owe you anything, and you know you're thrown into this world, and you know you have to think about yourself, your needs, what's, what's going to benefit you in your career. I mean, it's a business guys, like first and foremost. So, you know, when you, when we're, you know, when we criticize people's albums and obviously I'm going on a very, you know, big tangent, it's, good. It's, before, all good. Um, it's, it's just like, it's, it's fucking hard. And so um, I just want to say that looking back, I'm going to wrap it up here. Looking back, <laughs> it's, Um, it's still, it's still been such a challenge because I I call it the biggest blessing and the biggest curse of my life, um, for me personally. And that's because, you know, I think people root for you, but as, as much as they're rooting for you, they tear you down, right? Like they, they look at you and they're like, well, you're not Kelly, you know, you're not Justin. And I'm like, no, but you know what? I came out publicly at 19 and that's
0: insane
2: it's like, no one, no one even understands it. Like I did it before my career really even started. So yeah you know, and then what was to follow from my career after um, with other idols that decided to make that, that decision. It's like, I hope I set the, I set the tone. I hope that I was able to influence and, you know, maybe make some, you know, gay, lesbian, you know, youth think twice about maybe making it right or auditioning for a show like that. So, you know, um, it's cool to see things evolve. Um, but I will say this, no one knows what it was like for the first season. No, no, no one will. And it was a different time. We were very much Guinea pigs, you know, we were thrown into things. I mean, rules changed like mid show.
0: Yep, We're going to talk about that. <laughs>
2: I mean, like, so it's, it was hard for us too. So, um, but I will say that I, I, I support and love and I understand, you know, people that want to go out and, and, um, you know find a career out of a, a reality show i get it i support it just know that it's a journey stay true to yourself um and know know your friends and know them well so
1: i don't know if there's a question in here or if it's just a a blanket statement but i feel like Contestants on – and you could almost put this on any reality show, whether it be a a physical competition show or a talent competition show. It always seems like early on in a show – and, I mean, for you, it was the first season – it was almost harder for everybody. It doesn't matter talent level. It was just harder for everybody because anymore, a lot of these younger artists or these kids who are coming into these talent shows, be it Idol or Voice – By the time they get to that stage, they've got a YouTube following. They may have even already had a record deal. If not, you know, they've had a couple of failed attempts. They've got way more experience. And with the 10 of you who were on the top 10, you had very little to any experience when it came to actually being in the industry.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Um, That's so true. And also to that point, we didn't have social media. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. So you you had message boards at best. Yeah, that's it. And like
2: the funny thing is about that is like we would we would read them, obviously. And, and I remember Kelly and me and like we would just like read them and we would like kind of break down. And like we were like, how could people dislike us? Like they don't even know us. And it's like and for me, it's like people pinpointed me as like the gay one. Right. Because I was a little bit more effeminate or outgoing or what have you. Um, and, you know, I remember getting. You know, message board messages and and seeing things like a faggot will never win American Idol, and it's like, you know, and I had been through enough of that growing up. So just to see that on a public level, it just is it, it was hard, you know. And we we weren't exposed to Twitter. We didn't have you know uh, Instagram or faces. This was before all of that. So this is twenty years ago. So. You know now it's like people can get a record deal, right, and go go out for the Voice or go out for Idol or America's Got Talent or maybe they're you know I maybe their deal went south or maybe they have had a touring you know fan base and now they can sort of leverage right a public appearance to kind of you know elevate them. Um, so it's it's kind of amazing now because the music industry I think as a whole and I think anybody will tell you this you don't need a label anymore yep. to kind of like propel you into you know, superstardom. And I think in a lot of ways, that's great because you're cutting out the middleman and, you know, especially like with signing a major deal, people, labels want to invest minimally in you because they want to launch you and see what happens. And then if things kind of organically take off, then they'll kind of throw some cash behind you. But it's, it's, we're living in a different time. Everything's digital, right? Everything is very like, you know, downloadable and accessible and, you know, CDs and like tapes and albums, like, it's not about the physical. No. You know, although I still love the phys- having the physical, so like, do right? <laughs> like, but it's just such a different time, and um, I think in a lot of ways it's great because someone that doesn't have maybe that kid in you know Tulsa, Oklahoma has this insanely you know massive talent, and they just hop on YouTube and boom, someone just watches them and could get a deal off of that. So that's really really cool to see. Um, but it's also such a um, Oversaturated. I think you know we're at such a crazy point right now where anybody kind of can get on and you know does. There used
0: to be. There used to be a formula essentially. Yes, it was a formula even pre a talent show. I mean, we can go to like, Star Search, but I'm not going to get into that because I wasn't even really around for that. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, it used to be, uh, yes, you had an A&R person. Totally. They would scout yeah. out talent. And yeah. then they would give you a shit ton of money and then yeah. you would blow up or you okay. would fail. Right. And then with, with talent shows pre-social media, it was you compete, you get your record deal, and you blow up. Totally. That sort of thing as well. Now right. Now, right. it's... I mean, I work in management, so my bit with smaller clients. So my biggest thing is, how the hell do we break an artist? Right. Because there is no formula anymore, and it's really right. difficult. That's it's.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, and speaking, so- and speaking from the radio side of things. You know, there are so many artists that have so many different avenues now to get their stuff noticed, but unfortunately, it still takes a big label to really get radios. Attention because otherwise they don't their radio has just not gotten to the point where they will take the uh, the the dime store artist seriously yet because they still feel like they need to have a big label behind them. So it's it's still there are still very difficult ways for artists to break through to the mainstream, even though there are tons of ways for people to make a very good living in music and not even have any radio exposure.
2: And even to add to that, you can still be on a national television show and still not get radio play and still not take off. I mean, like there are a lot of talented people like this is a separate story. But I remember, you know, as soon as I landed in, you know, they called it Welcome to Hollywood. It was really Pasadena. Like, <laughs> you know, I like landed and I, and I, of course, didn't care because I was like, oh, my God, California. I like got in a plane and this is fun. But like I was in a room with a one hundred and I think one hundred and thirty people. Right. That all flew in from Idol for that first season to come in. I was looking around, I'm looking at all these people. And then you start to hear people sing. and like, I was like, I fucking, I need to go home. Cause like (laughs) these people are insane. And like, it all came down to like, what got you on camera. And I was like, no, like this isn't fair because you just cut somebody that is 10 times the singer I could ever be. And no one will ever know because they didn't get that minute of exposure on camera. Right. And like, that's what killed me is that, there was so much talent that people don't see that make it to idol that get cut in like the top 100 or like the top 150 for whatever reason, right? Their story wasn't great or they weren't pretty or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there was excruciating talent like that you just never get to see. So even now, when you get to capitalize on an appearance uh, on a show, there are all these artists that win these competition shows. And then it's like, well, what happened? You know, yeah. it's like they, they won and they had millions of viewers and then the label waits too fucking long to put out a product and you miss you miss the moment and then they're yeah. on the next season. So you're forgettable, right? So it's like the formula doesn't work anymore. So no. what was?
0: That's a great question. I don't know. All right, I guess I want to take us back a little bit more to the audition process. Like yeah. even when you were at the audition, um, obviously you made it through, mm-hmm. duh. But, um, Even when you were waiting, did you feel like you had any sort of like imposter syndrome or you felt like you saw the other people that were warming up and you're like, there's no way in hell I'm ever making it. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. So, so I want to take you through it because again, this was first season. So a very different time. All right. So I remember my very good friend at the time, she had heard about this show, right? Like on the radio and she's like, Jim, like you should go out and, and trust me guys, like I didn't want to be a pop star. That was never my plan. You
0: want to do, you want to do theater, right?
2: Yeah, I wanted to be like off Broadway, you know. I wanted to be on stage, but I never gave a shit about like being, you know, Justin Bieber. Like I didn't care about that. Stuff. <laughs> so um, I, I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Like, yeah, I'll go. So again, first season, nobody knew what the fuck it was. Okay, Idol started in the UK as Pop Idol, right? So Will Young won that first season. It went on to be very, very popular. So I remember kind of doing a little research on Will. I thought he was super cute. And I was like, oh, I like, I love this. Like, that's kind of fun, right? And then the Simon Cowell guy, I was like, who the fuck? Like, why is he so fucking cranky? This guy needs to get laid, right? So, oh my um, god. I, so then I was like, okay, like this sounds like fun, whatever. But then I was like, oh, Paula Abdul's a judge. Oh my god, I'm sold. I fucking love her. So I went to the Congress Plaza Hotel. I was a student at Columbia College at the time, so I walked to the hotel and I went to the hotel and I'm looking around. And there was like a, like a six foot table with like two people wearing headsets. And I was like, Hey, like here, I'm here for the auditions, um, for I think American Idol. And they're like, Oh yeah, just have a seat. We're just waiting for more people to show up. Not a single fucking soul in the entire room. So I'm like, am I in the right place? Whatever. So I wait for like four more people to show. And so then they take the five of us into like a room and they had like a line. That's That's just the five of us. And like, and, like, they, they put, like, a line of duct tape, and it's just, like, a camcorder, like, in a room, like, on the other side. You're and like, so this is shady. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is OnlyFans. This is how OnlyFans are. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, fine, like, I'll do anything for a dollar. So then, um, hey, can, you, can you sing something? And I'm like, sure. And, of course, I was, like, the anti-pop guy, so I, I did something, like, very bluesy or jazzy. <clears throat> and so they're like, great. Now can you do something pop? And I was like, fuck. I'm like, okay, so... I did like lean on me or something. And they're like, cool, like, and then I sat down and then they had someone from production sit down with me and they were like, hey, so tell, 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 us, tell us about you, tell us about your life, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, no, my parents are both deaf. And they're like, wait, what? And I was like, my parents are both deaf. And, and they're like, okay, so they can't hear you. And I was like, no, and I was kind of like, why are you freaking out? This is my life. And it's like, not a big deal. And it's kind of like, anyway, moving on to like, yeah. you know, my actual like life and they just fixated on that. And so, um, I was like, f- all right. Okay. And when you're a kid auditioning for a show, it's reality. You're kind of like, Oh, you, you pick things up as you go. Right. You're kind yeah. of like, they have oh. to,
0: they have to grab you it somehow. Yep. Yes. And yep. So I'm
2: like, okay. Gotcha. This is how this works. Uh, and then, I got called back and then it was a different location in Chicago. And that was when the imposter syndrome kind of set in because you're, the doors are closed and you're like not so far away and you can hear, and I think Kelly even commented too about this. Like you can hear people that are really fucking shitty or really sensational. And you're like, fuck, like I am not that good. Like I'm just a kid that comes from a small town that wants to be on like on stage and do theater. So I was already entering with like very just I should not be here, right? Right. But then you start to like make friends and like you're talking to like cool people and like you're like oh like these like these guys are like super talented and fun and you know your your confidence starts to kind of like build up a little bit <clears throat> and then I remember going to that room and I was just like stunned at Paula, right? Cuz I was like oh my god, like I love you and
0: queen is in front of me.
2: I mean like it was just it was so surreal. Like small town kids sees Paula Abdul, you know, it's fucking crazy and she was like hey you know we hear that your parents are deaf and I was like fuck they're going to turn this into a thing you know so can you sign your song and sing it at the same time they asked
0: you to do that I was going to ask you about that
2: they cut that and you don't see that but like that's what happened I was like I was sloppy I wasn't prepared like I just cared about singing so then on the like on the fly have to come up with signing a song and singing it I was like yeah, you you say yes, but like I got a lot of like flack for it because it wasn't it wasn't flawless, and like I know that, but I had to roll with it, you know, and figure it out. So from that point on, I knew that I was going to be the kid with deaf parents, and that was the role that, you, you know, know, it's, it's
0: funny because I thought, I'm glad you cl- you clear that up because I thought for your audition. I thought you did that because, like, you were like, oh, "I'm going to be on TV, possibly." I want my parents to like see no. the song. No, no. Wow. I would have just
2: sang had they not right. said anything. Not, so. not
1: wow. to take this down a, a different path because I'm just curious about the answer to this. But do you think that immediately they sold you more on your story than your talent?
2: Yes, yes. of course. And to be honest, Jeremy, like, I I'm not the best singer, and I've always known that. I'm, I think I'm a, I'm an alright singer, but like they. They knew that they could tug at America's heartstrings and probably get more viewers. And I think since it was the first season, they were like, this is the perfect story of a kid from a small town who's got a decent enough voice with an insanely beloved backstory. And they just pushed it. And this is what happens when it's a reality show. Like you don't choose, you don't get to choose the path anymore. They, Will cut and edit you as they see fit. So that's how it all happened.
1: So there you go, kids. If you want to be on a reality show, you better have a damn good backstory.
2: <laughs> it's part of it, like it's, it's, it's part of it. So I, I, again, when I say I got lucky, I got lucky, and I, you know, should have been cut many, many times, and they pushed me through because I had a great personality, I showed well on camera, and I, you know, I think I just filled a character basically.
0: It doesn't hurt that you can not sing.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Like I'm not, oh, uh, but again, stop. Like, like, listen, this is the funny story. So when we got to Pasadena, I remember that the first round was like, you know, there was like 25 of us in the theater, right? Like we're all like in a line or even 30 of us. I think Kelly was like two or three people next to me. And I sang. I think it was like a, an Enrique Iglesias song or something, and I, which is like so random. And then she, and I think Simon had said something like criticizing me and then Nigel off camera was like, are you going to let him, you know, say that to you? And I was like, yeah, like I'm bad. Like, I get it. <laughs> like I'm not, they wanted like the, the fight, right? They wanted like, and I was like, I'm not giving it to you because at that point I knew like, be very careful with what you say, like control yourself on camera. Do not give them anything to manipulate you with. And so I was very just like, nope, that's fine. Like that's I, smart. I like it, right. And then Kelly sings. And I just started staring at her and I was like, who the fuck is this girl? <laughs> and I was I like literally. like you know, this is when I became obsessed, is because here was this little girl who was so like petite and like real country and like has this fucking voice that like just Literally penetrated my soul, and I was like, "This girl is it." Like, I and I just became obsessed with her. So when people are like, "Oh, when did you become a fan?" I was like, "You don't get it." Like this, I was obsessed with her. Like when I auditioned with her, (laughs) when I I,
0: when I competed against her, I I I competed against
2: her. I was like, (laughs) "This girl, fuck this girl is the shit." And like, and when we got to like the top, when we got into the groups where they like, when you found out if you were going to make the top thirty, was in my group, and we were like the maybes. So I was like, "There's no fucking way this girl." like is not going through. And people didn't even pay attention to her until she got like top 10. And I was like, you're all fucking dumb. Like this girl is amazing. And she was funny and smart and like witty as fuck. Like this girl was like, she was just someone that you wanted to be around. Like you just craved her and like, she was just she's just the fucking best. That's but like
0: yeah.
1: that's the thing that I always thought was funny in in the early years when I was watching Idol, you you could always pick out one or two singers that you knew we're going to go further into, I mean, you could even say, okay, that's a top 10 singer right there. And oh, so right. you, you know that when you see them go into that room where the, like there's like 10 other people or so and they're, they're, a, you know, a maybe room, you're just like, there's no way in hell they don't take that singer in particular. So that whole room is safe. And I love that you were probably one of the few people in the room with her looking around going, these people don't realize how safe we are because she's in the room with us.
2: Totally. And I think, and too, it's like, they, they fuck with your head a lot on this show. Like when you, when they cut to like the clock, they make you think we're in this room for like 17 hours. No, it's like 20 minutes. And they just like, you know, <laughs> they just like cut to it. And, and so what they're doing is they're fucking with your head because there's the group of the, you know, the 10 or the, I don't know, 20 or 30 that are for sure. And you hear them scream and they're like clapping and like blah, blah, blah. So you're like, oh fuck, we're in the nose. Like, cause you knew oh, yeah. that okay if they're all safe and you could hear it in a different room we were done and i was like okay like i guess we're going home and then you know simon comes in and he's like i have some news (laughs) i'm here to say after a long long day of deliberation you know they like they pull this out oh yeah (laughs) come on like what the fuck so when when they call this like you make it we're just like we were all just like in shock. Like, wait, are you? Wait, what? Like, say that, you say that one more
0: time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what? And so even Kelly and I am like, what? What? Like, holy shit. Like we, you know, we're, I was like shocked. So anyway, yeah, so it's a crazy process.
0: I want to talk a little bit about Simon because clearly yeah. in, her, in your audition, he was, he was like, that was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, until he wasn't, until he wasn't. Yeah. Top 30 rolls around. And he says a, a quote. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You know what I'm talking about.
2: I do. I do. That has been like, actually that's tattooed. Like, right. (laughs) Uh, For
0: Um, those,
1: for those that don't know, the exact quote is, I think if you win this competition, we will have failed.
2: I was like, that was harsh. That's a
0: a little harsh. harsh." I think they, I think they
2: (laughs) use that in promos, like for years to come. I know. And that's the other thing too, is in, let's talk about that. So a lot of people don't know this, but before I made the top 10, um, I had given my audition for the, um, where the public could vote. Right. And this was taped. So it wasn't live. And I remember after I had done the audition, they had, had Simon come up to me and they said, you know, Jim, we're, we're cutting you. Like you're going home. Like uh, the public doesn't get to vote for you, blah, 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 blah. And the cameras are still rolling. Okay. So the cameras are still rolling. They've added this new rule. They're removing me before the public even gets a chance for me to vote. So they're still filming, right? So they're getting all this footage of all the people. And everyone was, like, crying because I was going home. And people were like, what the fuck? Like, and it was, I was very tight with everybody. Like, I just, I was the guy that, like, was very close to everyone. Like, I was very grateful. I didn't take things too seriously. I was kind of, like, the comedic, like, yeah. really, you know? And I just. And
0: the fact that they just made up a rule on the spot, like, what? Totally.
2: I was like. I was devastated. And, and like people cried. And so when the camera is cutting this, they're shooting all of this footage, right? Like
0: I get that, 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 that B roll, you know, like,
2: but they use, they, what they did was they added the rule to get B roll to promote future episodes because then the next day they came back in a private off camera setting and said, Jim, we've decided to change our mind you know, we are going to allow the public to vote for you. So then I was back in the competition. So they fucked me for footage. Wow. To show on future episodes. So then, Whoa. America, and then I make top 10. So it's wow. like,
0: take that Simon. Well,
2: and then, and who even knows? Like yeah. if that's the case too, like, I don't know if they just put me through because, or if America really did vote, like, do we know? I don't know. Was but it, like, I,
0: I, I did read a rumor and I want to know if you, if you can clear it up. I read some rumor that when Simon was saying that stuff to you and was really rude about it, Brian Dunkelman was trying to stick up for you and Nigel yeah. was like, no, don't do that. Yeah,
2: yeah totally. So he, uh, the whole Ryan, Brian thing is interesting because,
0: yeah.
2: you know, Ryan Seacrest is a, is a die hard, forever, you know, career maniac, right? Like he wants to dominate and make money and, you know, cool, like do your thing who we actually bonded with was, was Brian. Brian was the guy that cared. He was the guy that that was our friend. He was the guy that said, this is bullshit when it was. And he was funny and talented and the real deal. And, you know, even when the show, when we were eliminated, like he would have us over to his house to like watch episodes. And like, we oh, were wow. very close and like Brian, and I still talk even to this day, but he's, he's the good guy, you know, and he got screwed like big time. And, you know, there were a lot of, there's a lot of things between him and Ryan that kind of, you know, didn't work that basically Ryan sabotaged Brian. It's a long story, but he just got screwed and he was one of the good guys. And, you know, and he'll, I think he's got some stuff coming out. I think too, like with a, I think a documentary. I I think think I saw
0: a commercial for that online somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I mean, he's been through a lot, um, but you know, he, uh, Brian is amazing and I will love him forever. Um, he's, he's a great guy. So, but yes, that is, that is, that is true. So.
1: All right. So let's, let's get to Jim makes it to the top 10 along yeah. with, you know, what we now consider, you know, a bunch of household names and describe to us because the first season had something that was unique to it in that you guys all moved in together yeah. under one roof i mean they almost i i was worried that this was going to be like a singing competition slash real world type of a thing right. uh, <laughs> tell us about the american idol top 10 house
2: um uh, so it was it was pretty on camera and then it got to a point where like the trash just didn't get taken out so uh. like in the kitchen, and like it was not fucking cute, like it, it just wasn't glamorous. And like I was afraid because I thought there were cameras like hidden like in the house. So I got very paranoid and I was just kind of like cautious. I was overly cautious because you know, like I had a huge crush on RJ, and like I just had to like literally pin that kid on every wall, like possible in that <laughs> house. So I was like, I cannot do that. And so I was just very, um, careful so yeah. there were some fun things that was right the pool was super cute you know that we played pool um but you know i didn't spend a ton of time there because i you know i was ninth so i went home kind of early but i mean it was fine like it was i don't know i think it looked better than it actually was so
1: yeah i think they put a little bit of emphasis on it early but then as the season started to progress and they i think the producers started to realize oh we actually have talent here that we don't have to fall back on all of the reality show tropes we can actually just focus on the talent because that's what the audience is here for and i think you saw the 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 house portion of it kind of fade that's out right. pretty quickly and then they just started to focus on what they actually had on stage um n- now for the the little bit of time that you did live in the house i mean who was you have to you have to spill some tea on some of your your roommates as it were yeah. uh maybe cleanest or messiest housemate
2: i mean i, I kind of feel like everyone was pretty Everyone was pretty good like for the most part like even like my my roommates were totally fine who were I mean, who
1: were your who were, who were like the people like did you guys like share rooms
2: Yeah. So I think it was, I think AJ was in my room and I think it was either EJ. Yeah. I think it was AJ. There's so many J's. I know. It was (laughs) was Justin, Jim, AJ, EJ, RJ, which is like so random. Um, But like, but they, we all, the thing is, is like, I never fought with people. Like I never like had issues. Like I loved everyone, like, like legitimately, like everyone was very close to me. So like, I just kind of had fun, you know, like we, I mean, I think the fun stuff really kind of kicked off, like when we toured, you know. But like, it was such—I don't know. It was—it was—it was a great time. I think everyone was super cool and chill. I mean, there were some issues with, like, there was some drama with, like, Ryan and, and Nikki. God bless her, obviously. Um, but like, they didn't get along very well because I think it was like the battle of like who's like more rocker and like edgier, right? And it was kind of like, well, Ryan, you know, like Nikki felt like Ryan was very like manufactured and like pretty and blah blah blah, and Nick, you know, and Nikki was just kind of. I mean, that girl, like rough life, like, you know, she was very, um, came from a lot of hardships for sure. But, you know, she with Nikki, it was like, I loved her because everything she said was so real. And even if it was rough around the edges. It was like, she wasn't being anybody else. Like, but yeah, herself.
0: no BS,
2: no BS, you know, and Ryan was too like Ryan, you know, and Ryan and I got to be very, very close. Um, but you know, she, they both had just, I think are more similar than, different. And I think that's when a lot of like the, the fighting kind of started is cause they were actually more alike than I think that, than they thought, you know,
1: can you talk about, cause you, you know, you brought up Nikki McKibben who we lost last year and uh, you know, can you talk about a little bit about Nikki and, and just the kind of person she was?
2: Uh, like Nikki to me was like having a mother like on tour. She came with such, um, she was just wise beyond her years. And I appreciated her in a way that I felt protected around her. Like, I think that she truly wanted the best for people and she would call out shit that was wrong. And I, I remember when we were touring, you know, she was in contract negotiations for her deal and she was very, you know, open about how she felt like she was getting screwed. And like, they wanted to kind of, you know, pigeonhole her into something that she wasn't. And she had already had felt a lot of red flags kind of like coming up. And she was very open to disclose that. And she was just like, you know, Jim, don't ever let anybody fuck you over. Like nothing is worth who you are. And, you know, she always had that kind of sensibility about her. And so when you're in a world like that, people like that, like you, you want to keep around. They're very
0: rare because a lot of people in the industry are just always me, 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 me.
2: Totally. And she was, you know, I think she was one of the older ones out of all of us. And so I think when you're kind of on the younger side, you you look up to those people because, you know, this was somebody, Nikki busted her ass for many, many years and doing karaoke and, you know, trying to, you know, get a deal and, and be exposed and to have what she finally did. That girl worked really, really hard and came from, you know, a lot of shit. And so with her, her voice, you know, she made out she may have had some bad runs, like, on some auditions and some, you know, performances, but that girl sang from something, right? Like she lived, you hear that, you know, every time, you know, she sang. So she was a wonderful person and, um, you know, we miss her
0: a lot.
1: All right. So, Speaking of Nikki, so you and Nikki and EJ uh, were in your you know the first week of the top ten shows, and they kind of I feel like they kind of did you guys dirty because they decided in the first week that they were going to have a double elimination week. And did you guys know that going into the first week?
2: Um, God, I'm trying to remember if that happened. I, I want to say yes. I want to say they told us, I think off camera, what was going to happen, um, and that kind of sucked because I felt like. Had it just been one, I would have had another moment, and i I kind of you kind of get your bearings a little bit because what people don't realize from the first season is there wasn't a lot of financial backing, right because they were kind of like, let's see what happens. I think Fox was very like touch and go with the show um, and so with money comes access to Uh, newer material in terms of performing it on live television, right? Like
0: clearing it, yeah.
2: So like what people don't understand is, is like, well, why did you pick that song? It was a bad song. It's like, well, I literally had one page of like maybe 16 songs to choose from and that's all that we had. So when you have access to fresher, newer contemporary music, it's because you've got to pay for it. And when the money comes rolling in, like as it did in future like seasons of Idol, that's why they got to sing more modern more, more modern yeah. thing. Whereas yeah. me, it was like Motown. I was like, okay, like easy by the fucking Commodores. Like, Hey, I'd never heard that song ever. Number one. And number two, I was like, I don't even like this song. Like the funny <laughs> thing is, it's like Kelly and I picked the same song to sing. Yeah. I want to, we- I
1: want to hear this story because this is the infamous coin flip story.
2: Yeah. So we flipped a coin because we both picked get ready. Um, and I think, sh- I think she ended up I don't remember. I think I ended up winning. I don't remember. But then she ended up picking an entirely different song anyway. And then when I was doing it in rehearsals, they were like, no, like we should do something different. And so I ended up kind of, you know, settling on like easy by the Commodores. And so um, it was just kind of funny how that all happened. But my point is, is that we didn't have a lot to choose from because we didn't have a lot of money to clear more modern contemporary songs. So when you're limited, you're kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll, Pick this one I've never heard and sing it for millions of
0: people. Pray for a miracle, you know. (laughs) Like okay, here we go,
2: you know. Yeah, and so
1: uh, ultimately in that episode, it's you and EJ and Nikki, and EJ had also sung a Motown tune. I think he did "My Girl." Yeah, and then um, Nikki did "Ben" by the Jacksons, which was so. so I mean, granted, it was was a Motown week, so obviously everybody's doing Motown. But like, I, I thought that that Nikki's song was so not her especially because totally. we know who she really was down the road right. um so you know you and, and ej uh, ultimately get eliminated what was your thought um you know being eliminated from the show on the first week where you're where you feel like you're really like okay it's getting serious top 10 and then like you said you didn't get a chance to have like another one of those moments
2: yeah, I mean, I think once I knew that was happening, I I, I was pretty much, I kind of knew I was going home. I mean, I didn't have the best song. I mean, the, the performance was very just not great. And quite frankly, I knew that had I gotten another chance, you know, I would have, I would have done things differently because I think you just, it's so hard to even tell you guys, you know, what you're thinking in that moment, like when you're performing a song and you see this live audience and it's live and, you know, you're given a song that you don't know and you're nervous as fuck and... It's like to go from, you know, living in Crystal Lake to literally performing to millions of people. It is an out-of-body experience. I cannot even begin to tell you. Um, and I've done theater for for my whole life. And so this is a very different, it's a very different thing. So, um, and then not only that, but like figuring out who you are, you know, yeah. you're trying to make sure that you're authentic and genuine. And
0: especially when you know, the show had already put a narrative for you.
2: Totally. And if you look at, you know, the, the older episodes from before I made top 10 to like me at top 10 is Ryan star. And I, like, she was like, you're super cute. Like you need to stop looking like you are like buddy Holly. Cause you're fucking not like <laughs> you're hot. Like you have a pretty face, like get rid of the glasses. Like this buddy Holly thing is like lame. Like you need to not do that. So, and I loved her style because she, you know, she kind of like cut up a lot of pieces of fabric and used a lot it. of safety pins And she's like very like edgy. Right. But like, and she was hot as hell, but like, she kind of had this, like, sex appeal going, and she was like, we're gonna do that for you, right? And so she kind of like, you know, got me to, you know, drop, you know, this kind of like nerdy kind of look that I, that was just kind of me at the time. And, you know, kind of brought me out of my shell. So, and also too, like, we didn't have stylists. Like we were given like a Visa gift card and told to go to the Beverly shops, right? And like, go buy our clothes. Like I was like, okay, like what? Like, you don't-
1: And with all due respect, Jim, it showed
0: <laughs> for, for everyone for yeah, everyone.
2: I, yeah. I mean, it was bad. Um, so when you are given like a card and carte blanche to like, go buy whatever you want. It's like not a happy, like cute. let's
0: go to forever 21 or whatever right. it was at the time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, seriously. Yeah. It was so bad. Um, but uh, it's just funny how things have like evolved since then, but we can like laugh hysterically at it.
1: Okay. So you're, you're eliminated in week one Motown yep. week did you know at that point that you were going to be going on tour with the top 10 or did they, they bring that up to you later?
2: Yeah, that came later. So I think it was, I don't even remember how this happened, but I went home and, you know, sad obviously, but it was more so that like, I just missed them. Like I just, and I would like, literally like call in and like vote, you know, for the first couple of like, episodes and then I just stopped because I was like, I just can't. Like, I just like love everybody. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of see, you know, what sort of unfolded. But shortly after and I don't remember how long after it was I was sent home, but I was notified by the producers that like, you know, they were going to bring us back right for the finale. So and I was like, that's cool. Like, I was kind of like, oh, my God, that's like I didn't. I loved every little thing that happened. Like, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, you're going to be on a record like, oh, you're going to, you know, go on tour. I was kind of like I was appreciative and grateful of like whatever happened. So I was like, that's fun!" Like we got to, you know, be brought back at the end. And then it was like, okay, you're going on tour. Oh, and guess what? We're going to put you in the studio and you're going to cover easy. And I was like, fucking great. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, we're going to give you money to be in the studio. And I was like, money? Like, I was like, because you don't, you don't understand like what is to come. Again, there was no precedent for this. So like the tour, everything was like bonus, bonus, bonus. So I like was very... Kind of like shocked by everything that kind of happened, right? So um it was sort of like the icing on the cake. It was like, okay, then you, we really won because just to be on the top ten, I realized was like, you're awesome. Like you're, you get to benefit of a lot of things, you know. You
0: travel, be part of a, a record, oh you know, and amazing. you're like, that's amazing. great. I get to, you know, perform in front of people, which is like, it's one thing to do without, it on TV and
2: without fucking judges, right? Yeah. Like I was like, okay, literally be who I am and be who I want to be. And just like, you know, of course I just sing like easy, like every fucking night, (laughs) you know, like it was, it was, it was the, who gets to experience that? Like who gets to like live on a bus and you wake up in a city every day and like celebrities start to take note of you and and like who you are and you're like, oh my God, like you just, it's such a mind fuck. I can't like even describe to you. So yeah, I mean the, the announcements, came a little bit later. And I was just so, like, so grateful for all of it.
1: So talk about what tour life was like.
2: Oh God, Um, it was, so we spent the first two weeks in San Diego um, rehearsing. And, you know, I think you don't, it doesn't really hit you what you're about to embark upon until you're actually kind of doing it. And the funny thing is, is that it starts to become routine. It starts to like, you know, you, you get on your bus, you sleep for a couple hours, you're in a new city, you don't really know where. You go into the hotel under a, you know, a, a different name, right? Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> like picked like different names and there were some weirdos that like followed us oh. and like with things under our hotel room doors. And I was like, "Okay, like, you know, I mean, I was crossing my fingers that they were gay and cute, um obviously, <laughs> but um they were not. Um but I um I I just remember trying to do normal things. Right. Like we would have a day off and we would go shopping at like a mall somewhere. Right. Like in Arizona or like,
0: yeah.
2: And you know, we had these bodyguards and we were told that we could not shop or go anywhere without a bodyguard. And I'm like, here's the deal. Save that for Kelly, for Justin, for Nikki. I'm like, I am, no one gives a fuck about me. Like you will attract more attention like to me. If you are with me, like just let me go to Best Buy and get this DVD of Clueless and like leave me alone. My okay. favorite
0: movie ever. I love you for that. My
2: Bible. It's my Bible. Um, so I so like that was kind of annoying because I was like, you guys are making a really big deal, you know, out of this, and it really doesn't need to be. Like, no one will give a shit. Like no one will trample me over. Like, <laughs> like I just let me go. Um, or like the meet and greets are some of the best times because I learned very quickly on like, you know, they sat us kind of like at this big table, right? And so when people would come, they would meet every single one of us and we'd sign whatever, you know, they wanted us to sign. And you could kind of sit, you know, we didn't sit numerically out of- like, I was gonna numer- ask,
0: yeah, that'd be right? weird. But,
2: like, I think it's sometimes we did and like sometimes we didn't, but like every time I sat next to Kelly or sat next to Justin while we were signing things, I was blown off. Cause like no one gave a fuck. They would like sh- throw me something like Kelly, Kelly. And I'm like, hi, I'm Jim. I was <laughs> totally fine. I was also on the same show that Kelly was. Nice to meet you. <laughs> people just, just like blew me, and I was like, okay, fine. Like I can't sit next to you anymore. I'm like, you're taking like all my attention away. <laughs> so like, just like, kind of, you know, stay far away because I was like, this isn't, this isn't good for like my ego at all. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> so
1: during the Idol tour, and, and please correct us if we're wrong, is it during the Idol tour that you sort of officially came out as gay to like the sort of the the audience, so to speak? I
2: mean, here's the thing about that. Like, I I mean, I never not said I wasn't. Like, I was pretty open from the get-go. Like, if people ask me, I was very like, yeah. Like, it's... So there wasn't necessarily, like, an official, you know, time where I was like, and this is for the gays. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just didn't need to... It just didn't, like, need to be. And I just feel like, you know, I think I just... For me, it was... The official coming out was after the tour. I remember we were about to perform in Seattle. That was our last show. And I think shortly before that, I got a call from The Advocate and that was a magazine I respected very much. And they were like, listen, like we wanna give you the cover um, if you come out publicly with us and you give us the exclusive. And I was like, oh boy. Like, I don't think I told my dad I was gay. I kept it from my dad, but my mom knew. I told my mom when I was 18 and then my dad Literally right before I came out publicly, um, which was very awkward. But um, yeah, so I mean, I guess looking back, honestly, like I don't remember a time that I wasn't open about it. Like I, yeah. I just don't. Think it was like a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just don't. Feel, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess I just, I just was. You just you was. Know? You didn't make
0: a huge like spectacle out of it because uh, you were also oh. the first openly gay contestant for
2: yeah, a couple of years. Totally. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I guess I just um, the whole story how it came to be is that when I was in, at at Columbia, I was keeping a live journal. Do you remember those from the old days? Oh yes. And it was just it was you know me embarking upon like you know college life, being in Chicago, and you know seeing cute guys, and you know going on dates, and finding yourself. Right, you were just like disclose your personal life to you know whoever wanted to read it, mm-hmm. and. And then I think Fox at the time was like, you need to delete all of it. And I was like, okay, all right. So I took it down and someone had copy and pasted every single journal entry and put it on a separate site. So it was still accessible. Wow. So um, it blew up obviously. And so everyone knew I was gay because I was very open about it, writing about it. So, you know, looking back, I'm kind of like, I don't regret that because I, you know, I think especially now going 20 years, this is the other thing too. This is 20 years ago. So we didn't have a lot of representation at the time, yeah. you know, like it was like will and grace pretty much. Which like,
0: I've actually rewatched last year and I'm like good intentions. Didn't totally. age well. did not age well.
2: Well, and, and the funny thing too, is that I think the new installment of it is off. I didn't I see think, that. Okay. So it's very political heavy and it's oh. very, it just feels forced. And I feel like it just, it just didn't have the magic that I think it, the first season did, but looking back, You know, it was very stereotypical, right? Because you had Jack, who is hilarious. But again, that wasn't like representative of, I think, all of us. I mean, that's some of us for sure, or like a a part of us. But I think what people need to see now is that, you know, like the the openly gay football player, Carl, right, who came up publicly and, you know, Lil Nas X, right, Mm -hmm. who is an openly gay black rapper who is insanely successful being an openly gay man. Like we need more, the more representation, the more visibility we have from all walks of life, whether you're a country singer, right? Which is, I think there's actually an openly gay country singer. Yeah. Um, But this is what we need, right? So every person that comes out, and I didn't know this when I was coming out publicly at the time at 19, every person counts, right? Every journey counts, every story counts, like all of it. So it doesn't matter whether you come out now, next year, in five years, all of it matters and the journey matters. So that's why I kind of feel when, you know, we sort of criticize like, oh, there's such a closet case. They need to come out of the closet. It's like, give them time. It will happen when they feel it's right. Cause everyone's journey is different. So Yeah. And
0: it's also, it just, I feel like, I mean, I'm getting a little off topic, but like if the fact that you like, didn't make a big spectacle of it when you run Idol. Because it's like, who needs to actually come out? Like, just be yourself. Like, if you happen to like the same sex, fantastic. But like, you don't, ha- you know, you, I don't know. No, and I, I agree you- with
2: you. But also, I already, already was pigeonholed as like the kid with deaf parents. Yeah. I didn't want to be the gay guy with deaf exactly. parents. Exactly, so yeah. Like, that's just, again, this is just who I am. and This is just a part of who I am. And at the time, I think it was made to be a big deal. Because again, it was the first season. And, you know, I think it was... middle America that really kind of showed a lot of interest in the show. So, you know, I think that at the time it was very taboo. Right. And, um, it's just so funny, like looking back. So I'm just like, there's been so many gay contestants, like, which I love so much that have come from, you know, idol. Um, and thank God, because again, this is where, this is how we grow. This is how, this is how we educate, this is how we move forward. So
1: Okay. Absolutely. So American Idol season one ends and life goes on for you. You have some releases of your own that you put out. Yeah. You then yeah. get into, uh, bri- the bridal industry. Yeah. And so you're now, you, you're off and you're doing your own life. So yeah. looking then over here at Kelly Clarkson, yeah. what has been your thoughts on watching Kelly's career and, you know, seeing as she has continued this ridiculous, move upward uh, in, in the entertainment industry?
2: It's, here's, I will start by saying this. Many gay men stand a certain female artist, right? So like my fiance, Sean, is Madonna, like all day long, all day, every day, right? There are people that obsess over Janet. There are people that obsess over Britney, Ariana, you know, Tina Turner, Mariah, right? So like, it's usually like, someone that we are just obsessed over. Kelly Clarkson is that girl for me. And I know that sounds fucking weird because like, I actually know her, but the thing is, is that, and I will stand her all fucking day long. And it makes me very frustrated when people don't stand her because this is a woman who literally is the best vocalist period, like in the world and she can do anything. She could sing a Czechoslovakian lullaby played by a homeless child starving on the streets. And she would deliver the most magical fucking vocal you've ever heard in your life. So, and so these people that are like, Oh, you know, she's blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, fuck off. Fuck you. Like, she can outsing anybody on top 40 right now, anybody. And so it kind of frustrates me is because when she's not on top 40, like people kind of like don't think about her as much, I think, but this is a woman who, what am I trying to fucking say about Kelly? <laughs> she is, there are very few artists in, in the world who can sing not only their own songs, but cover other people's songs and perform them and emote as if they wrote them. She is the only, one of the only very few people who do this. She has the ability to take you wherever she's going. And it's more than just being a technical you know, vocalist. I mean, she's classically trained. So like she has that all day long, but like what I live for are those moments that are just so heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. And, and I, I will talk about my December, because I think it's an album that's like very, very underrated. That was her breaking point. And like, you can hear it in in the way that she wrote. Sober is one of my fucking all-time favorite songs. And I don't think people think about it because it's not top 40. But the thing is, is that every time I listen to that song, it's like, when I need a good cry, like I immediately turn that song on and like, it's over for me. And then Irvine and like these moments of that album that Clive Davis is a fucking asshole about like is her true, like, it's just an album. I think for me that like made me realize like um, I wanted to just hug her because she had been going through so much shit at that time, but she's just someone who I'm always, always, always floored by. This girl is everything and it, her, she'll have a career for as long as she wants. and. It pains me that people don't fucking like obsess over her like I do because it's just like vocally, it's just like you can't even, you can't fucking touch her. Like period. Her voice, if you hear it now compared to like five or ten years ago, it's the healthiest and the richest and the fullest it's ever fucking It has more
0: life and also now she's older and she's on a new label and now she can actually sing whatever she wants to sing
2: yeah like i just it's like it i'm like i'm she's just she's fucking everything so when you see me tweet all fucking day long about her i don't really care because people think i'm weird and crazy they're like why are you like talking about i'm like you know what because i will support her all day long whatever she does if she wants to take a shit on a record (laughs) and fucking tape it I will buy it. <laughs> Period. End of story. I, I, I will you.
1: say, and I'll, I'll I'll say this, and I'll, I'll hand it to Pam. Um, you know, we don't often use the the term "once in a generation" singer or talent, and I think maybe the last time they they said it and they really really meant it was probably for Whitney Houston. Yeah. But I mean, Kelly is that, and I think that, and I I think what where you and I are very similar, Jim, is that people don't agree with us or they're not saying it loud enough that Kelly uh, is a once in a generation talent and, and people just, I don't think they all know it yet. It's like, there's a, there's a, a large group of us that know it and understand why it. Do
2: you think, why do you think that is in your opinion? You tell I, me what, I, I want to hear both of your thoughts on this. Actually.
1: I think it's, I think you hit a little bit of it in that everybody now today is judged on. The small successes, the top forty radio successes. She hasn't had as many number ones as Mariah, so she's never going to be yeah. considered to be in that same echelon. Or, you know, she hasn't had, you know, the the viral dance hit like, you know, insert today's TikTok artist. Right, like she's right. she's not that person, and so she is not. Care yeah, care. yeah, and she's not musically top of mind all the time like so many of these other artists and so she's overlooked meanwhile she's over here doing her damn thing on a, a nationally syndicated talk show that emmy is
2: her emmy winner like she's fine yeah like she's good you know what i, I mean? I think that
1: people like she for some for someone is so successful so talented and so uh-huh. likable she uh-huh. she is like I, I she is somehow still flying under the radar for so okay. many people. And I don't know how it's
2: happening. No, it fucking, it fucking is annoying. Like yes. It's yes. Really
0: annoying. when someone's like,
2: Oh my God, I love insert artist who is a very average, mediocre singer yep. here. And I look at them like, you're a fucking moron. Well, it's like, 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 it's like when
1: we, when we started this podcast and we were kind of looking at other podcasts and, and Pam and I looked at each other like, how is there not already a podcast talking about her every week? We no, were, no. we were dumbfounded how there we wasn't already the
0: something. So <laughs> oh, I was
2: so like, Oh my God. Yes. I will be on your fucking podcast. <laughs> Jim, it. you can come on whatever you
0: want. Literally. Every, yeah, you want.
2: Here's the thing. It's like, I, it's different for me because I just, you know, I have seen her like from like literally infancy, yeah. right. To like now. And to me, I'm kind of like, she should be bigger. Like yeah. she should be. I think bigger, and bigger, you know what I mean? Like, but she's happy. And I think, you know, she doesn't have to be top 40 or do that track with Megan The Stallion, even though I would fucking live like, if she aw, did. That
0: would be epic. Can
2: you imagine? Like, I was just thinking, like, if I could do like the perfect, like dream collab or dream album, I would kind of like, I would love to hear her do like this urban, like Tanache kind of like R&B kind of meets like, um, God, I'm trying to think of like maybe Normania, a little influence, like a little Ariana, but like she can do anything, but like do collabs with, like Dua Lipa or like maybe do a track with like Cardi B, which I know sounds crazy, but like Kelly's soulful as fuck. Like she can do yeah. all of that. It would sound fucking amazing. So I would love to hear that from her because it would, I think, and this is the Ariana collab is huge. And the reason, and I think the Ariana, on the voice is only going to catapult Kelly because her fans are like crazy rabbit, fans.
0: Rabbit, yeah. Once they kind of like
2: are exposed to Kelly, not that they maybe or maybe they haven't really thought about Kelly. Like they're going to realize, Holy shit. Like Kelly's fucking like amazing. And it's just going to enhance her to maybe cross that threshold of giving us a little bit more. Yeah. Top
0: maybe like yeah. I'm hoping i feel like for me like to go back to that original question um we've spoken about this like a while ago i think a lot of my friends just you know my non-kelly friends they're like oh yeah Yeah. kelly's cool i like some of her music i sing in the car so my biggest issue that i've had as a fan is probably a lot of blame on whoever worked at rca and did a and r there was her singles are fun they're good obviously they're successful but the album yep. tracks from, you know, 2002 through 2015 are yep. light years better. And I think that is a big issue with the public is that they only know, listen, I'm going to drop it. My life would suck without you. It's a fun song. Oh. It's not quality yeah. by any means. Right. It's it's fun. But there's a lot of better songs on that album that I thought should have been singles that I thought would have showcased her vocals a lot better. I think that's I a agree. big issue
2: I have. I, I I 100% agree with you. I think that you know, with the Breakaway record, obviously. But I mean, even to go through, like, for Thankful even, like, I loved that record because she it, she showed you on Idol that she could do everything, yeah. right? So then she gave you an album that was everything. And I loved so many elements of that. And her voice is gorgeous. But, like, obviously, people grow, right? Like, and we want you to grow, and we want you to do different things, and we don't want you to be pigeonholed, right? But what the, what mainstream people don't understand is is when you sign a major label deal... You kind of have to like forego control yeah. for a couple of records until you kind of prove yourself as a top-selling artist, and then you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. So Kelly kind of had to do that, but Breakaway is like—I mean, since you've been gone—is like a pop iconic. Like she, that is a masterpiece as a song, as as a, a crafted melody. The hook that is going to be her legacy forever. Yeah. That is the song that you will hear at every wedding, every bar, like every event, like from here till the end of time. However, does it showcase her as a flawless like vocalist? No, it's a pop rock hit that garnered her a shit ton of attention,
0: yeah.
2: lift her up to gain more followers so that she can then do a little bit more of what she wanted to do, which takes me to my December. No one talks about this record. No one really, I mean, her fans, her obviously like her her diehards do, but like this was the Clive Davis, you know, like it's not sellable. You can't write, fuck you record, whatever. Well, Clive Davis is an old white man who like, probably like, he's just like fucking lame. Like who cares? Like, yeah, I get that you like made Whitney and all of that, but like, also you're kind of a douche. So like, you have to like, and artists go through this obviously, you know, from start to like where they want to go. I just feel like with her, you know, she's been through so much and that record kind of tells you a lot. Yeah. And she wrote, I think almost all of it. If yeah. I, if I, I think she correctly. did yeah, every single song, so, like, it's like, I don't know. I feel like, and we can talk about a lot of artists. Cause I think they all kind of, you know, go through this. I just think it's different because we love her so much and she's also a fucking decent human being. And yeah. I think that makes that's her rare. so special is that a lot of people in this industry, you know, have had, you know, issues with Um, dependencies, right? Drugs, alcohol, like you lose a sense of self. And so you're constantly combating that and how to, how to deal with that in a world that isn't forgiving. And this is somebody who has been in the industry 20 years and has maintained sanity, raised children, you know, and, you know, had, I mean, as a successful talk show and is kind, like this woman is a good Kind and soul. done everything
0: and she, in the public eye with a spec, you know, everyone's totally. looking down and expecting her to work, act a certain way. So,
2: and she's like not. I mean, and maybe she's lost it a little bit, like behind closed doors. But she wrote about it and she told us about it. But this girl has maintained like a a life that I think we can all look at and be like, God, like this is this is a a true like American like woman that is representative of all that is kind and good and, and also just. And talented as yeah. fuck so he literally is like the full package and I just wish that more people saw her the way that we all do because you know I think she's just it's because if she's if you're not top 40 and it's and the radio isn't like shoving you down our throats we just don't you know we are not in our heads yeah you know what I mean so going
0: they so, ba- off of that now you know Kelly fans love you. You're amazing. You are, you have such a great personality and also you're just a passionate fangirl. So we all just adore you. <laughs> My question for you is, is that you've obviously known her, her entire career and then some, and you've, you've been able to keep in touch with her. So she, you know, she's the same per- I'm assuming she's the same person that you ah. spoke with in 2002. I wanted, could you talk a little bit about your friendship? Cause I know you've seen her a couple times over the years.
2: Yeah. So like, I, I mean, it's been hard, like, because I think that with her, I think she's been through, you know, a lot of, a lot of shit. The last time I saw her in person, um, well, I went to her show when she played Chicago when she did a meeting of life. And so I went to, I went to that show and then I, um, with my ex-husband, I, we were both invited to her Halloween party at her house in Nashville. Um, and so that was the last time I think I saw her in person. It's been a couple of years, but like, and we tweet, obviously, like, with, with each other, but she's changed her number a couple of times. And so, which kind of sucks because, you know, I mean, I've been through a divorce obviously. And, you know, I know that, you know, with children, it's, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to be there for her like through that. And so it was tough because I think that she's, you know, she's very, pro- she's very protected. Right. So she knows where she can find me. Right. Like I invited her to my wedding, you know, in November, I, I knew that she was like in between houses. So I think I just sent the invite to, um her studio
0: yeah
2: where she films you know her talk show and um you know i think that it's tough like I, i've always wanted to keep a very um very close consistent like friendship with her and it takes effort you right so it's like this this is a person that isn't normal like she's yeah. she's this is this is not someone that you know you can just pick up the phone and be like hey girl how's your day like you know she's she's busy, right? Like, and so she's busy feeding people and making, you know, money and has a career and all of that. So I don't take it super personally. I just know that, you know, she knows what she means to me, like, you know, and we will always be, be friends and, um, and I will always continue to support her. And if I get to see her at a show, you know, that she's playing, like, I'm not the one that will reach out and be like, trying to find her manager or person to be like, Hey, can I get free tickets? I've never been that person. And like, even if I don't get to see her like at a show or whatever, like what I don't care. Like right. I just want her to know that I support her career. I'm here for her if she ever needs anything. Um, so it's been a while since we've, you know, exchanged messages, but at the same time, it's like that girl will always, you know, mean everything to me. And I'm always here. Like if she needs, needs a friend, I you know, and that. I think sometimes people go through people go through things and, you know, while we're not like BFFs and we don't talk every day, like, you know, things
0: yeah, uh, that's fine. Absolutely. You know?
1: Well, Jim, you've been, you've been so gracious with your time. And one more thing we want to do before we let you go. And we had a couple of uh, listeners that have sent in some questions oh, that they wanted to ask you. And, and so we wanted to do those before we let you go today. Uh, yeah. The first question came from Michelle, and she wanted to know your favorite memory from all of you guys in the top 10 living together uh, in the house. I know we spoke a little bit about uh, your, your time in the house, but do, do you have kind of like a, a memory that sticks out, like the first thing that you think of when you think of living together with everyone? everybody?
2: Oh gosh. Um, You know, I almost want to say that it was actually, wasn't, it wasn't in the house, but it was our last tour. And um, we had all this merchandise, right. And we had these little, these eight by tens and all of us wrote these messages, you know, to, to all of us. And, and we passed them all out. And so Kelly, you know, she had her eight by 10 and she wrote me, you know, like a message on the back of it. It was, it was heart-wrenching. It was the end of an era. It was also beautiful because I think at that moment as a 10, we were all able to look back and just be like, how the fuck did all of this happen to us? And we also knew that, we were so grateful that it was us and that it was the 10 of us and we wouldn't have changed it for anything. We couldn't have imagined it being shared with, with any other, you know, contestant, no offense, there were some amazing people, but like, I think when you go through that and also knowing that you've got these friends for life, like I still talk to everyone, like Ryan stars coming to my wedding. Christina, Chris, Christina's coming to my wedding in November, like, I love it. you know, RJ and AJ and AJ and I still talk, Justin and I still talk. Like I have maintained that, like I organized like a, like a reunion, like on zoom, um, like two years ago and I even sent Kelly, like, you know, like a, a tweet to be like, Hey, like come, like, you know, but again, like she's, you know, she's, she's busy, but, um, I, I just, I think it it's important to keep those people close and. Again, you go through something and and other contestants from other seasons probably feel the same way, but to come from that first to 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 be um, given what we were given to be guinea pigs really, you know and and so young, it's just that no one can really describe what that what that feels like. so to have those people in your corner that you can kind of you know talk to um, you know is 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 priceless yeah. so I think, as a whole, looking back, it was, it was the, it was like a, a, a dream of, of a lifetime.
0: It's like summer camp kind of thing, but <laughs> totally. like way yeah. different, but like way more intense. Yeah, <laughs> way more yeah. intense. For sure. Yeah. Um, we have two questions that we actually kind of already answered. I'm just gonna give the shout outs to these people. Yeah. Um, Ashley, oh. want to know if you still keep in touch with Kelly? We just covered yeah, that. Actually. So. Um, yeah. And Lauren um, basically wanted was just wondering as well about you know, your uh, thoughts on being the first openly gay uh, contestant on the show. We did, you know, talk on that a little bit. And Lauren said this, and I want to say this as well. I just want to commend you. I think it was a really awesome thing um, just for you to be just so genuine and so yourself. And um, just to thank you for that. Um, well,
2: thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's sweet. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think looking back, I, I just hope that it it helped someone. You know, I'm sure I think- it
0: did. Absolutely.
2: I think about like when I was, you know, struggling with it and, you know, I think you kind of always know, but I think it truly kind of comes to fruition as you get older so you can truly understand it. But, you know, I, I wish that when I was young, I would have seen somebody who was young and, you know, so confident and that's why it's amazing to see people now, you know, so, so confident who they are at, at an age, I couldn't even imagine to come out right um, and I, I I get messages even now like 20 years you know later from people that are like yeah I remember you because you were all I had like you were the person that you know I can I can't remember like a, a television like personality or a reality show you know contestant like, who was gay at that time, you know? And, and I, I forget that sometimes because I'm so like, I live in like this bubble of just like me sometimes where I'm like, Oh, like, is this the right thing to do? Like blah, blah, blah. You don't think about on a national like level or like a world global level, like who that, who hears that, who reads that, who listens. Or Or even people,
0: people in your real life also, like I'm not even talking about TV, but people who like you're again, everyone just lives their own lives. And then you kind of also sometimes forget that, you, I'm getting really deep here. You no, you are a version, you are a different version to other people in your life. Like how Jeremy views me is different from how one of my friends views me, et cetera, et cetera. It's really interesting. So that's a good point. That's so true.
2: No, that's so true. I and I think you just forget, you know. I remember there was like this weird moment when I think the first episode actually aired on like national television. I was at home, like watching it with my parents, and like a whole there was like a whole house full of you know, people and my phones, my parents' home phone just started ringing off the hook. And I was like, oh shit, like, this is like, this isn't just a thing like where it's like, you know, airing in your, living room. This is like everyone's living room and people are actually watching you. Like <laughs> it was like weird. Like we had to change my phone number. It was like
0: this is not like public access at 2 a.m. Like this
2: is no, <laughs> it's, it's not like a public access show where it's like five people are watching you. This is not like a handheld camcorder movie made in your basement. Like it became crazy. And like the minute we made top 10, it was like me, Tamara and like Ryan and like the minute like we stopped shooting it and we made the top 10, it was like boom TV guide. Like photo shoot for the cover. I was like, wait, 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 what? Like, I'm I'm going to be on the oh is T? TV... Uh, okay, great. I will just I'll do that then. Okay. It was just like boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And it was like life was never the same, you know. And okay. so it's it was again like the the best time I think of my life, and it's and it goes so fast, yeah. and you know, and it's crazy to see how it's evolved, and you know, with new judges and like a new format and COVID, right? That whole thing, and you know, I just, I, I, I'm forever grateful. If I can say one thing about, you know, the whole experience about Kelly is that give her all of your fucking money. She's a really we do. amazing, we do. Oh, she's a, she's an amazing person. <laughs> she deserves everything and more. Yeah. She is kind. She's generous. She is fucking hilarious. She's witty. She's smart. This girl is everything. Watch her because this is like, not even close to what she's gonna do. Yeah. Like this is just the beginning. Like she's not even close. Like stand her forever, we will. like buy her music, go to her tours cause she's sensational live. Like just get your, like get behind someone who is a real human and like, She's just, she's everything. So,
0: last question. This is last yeah. question. It'll be quick. This is from Penny. Yeah. She caught, we kind of already answered her question. You know, it was, uh, was there an early favorite among the contestants? We cl- clearly know who that was for you.
2: i yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna like,
0: twist the question a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be some tea. Did you vote? Okay. Was she the one that you voted for?
2: Yes, okay, she was. All right, I mean, I think I voted. I think she – yeah, I think I voted for her – I think it was, like, last – I don't even know. I think I may have voted for multiple people. I mean, I we all did.
0: Let's be honest. I, I
2: voted for myself when I was on <laughs> – I don't blame you. Oh,
0: my God. I don't blame and you.
2: Me. And I like, could never get through. So I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I'm not terrible. One eight six six 866 zero
0: one. one you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So crazy what that was like. Um, but, yeah, I voted for her. But the, I voted for a lot of people. Like, I think I was just like, I love you. Like, I'm going to call. Like, I love you. I'm going to call. But, yeah, she was. I mean, I don't, I think it got to a point where I was just like, okay, like, let's, let's, let's wrap this up, yeah. you know, like, it's, all right, let's just give it to her. Like, this is, yeah, why are we doing this? Um, but even to Myra, like, yeah. too, I mean, she had moments where, God, that girl, like, I mean, amazing, like beyond brilliant, um, such an incredible voice too. But, you know, I think it came down to a point, I think you two can probably also agree that, you know, maybe I think it was probably top 10 or maybe even like when she did like stuff like that there, I think I was just like, Oh my fucking God. I was like, okay. No, I was like, I don't know. Uh, Like, were people watching the same thing that I, and then I was like, wait, I stood on the same stage as this person. Like I actually tried to (laughs) buy for that fucking like, what? Like, it's just (laughs) weird. Like she's just weirdly, ridiculously amazing yeah. like it's just like odd i'm like okay that's not normal Are you from like, this
0: planet i'm not
2: sure <laughs> she's just like effortless it's yeah. just like okay like jesus and i love every moment like these karaokes that she's doing on her talk show is genius yes. to me because she's again this is a fan base that it will continue to grow that will continue to like expose other people to her i love that she's doing her own shit like yes. you love me like flawless oh. and i was like This is what I want. Like, I want her to start doing her own shit because the more people that know her, the more people that understand her music, like this is when they start to follow. Right. Then they start to like, you know, kind of do do more digging. And then it's great to do like a YouTube, like total, like downward spiral, which I always find myself. Sometimes like, okay, two moments that are fucking amazing. Aerosmith, when she did the VH1, I think it was crazy. I think, right. She
1: she did crying. I
2: think. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing. And then I don't know what event this was, and maybe you guys do. She did a Tony Bennett song and I don't remember what it was, but she had this red. Oh, it was, it was like a, a it was a
0: song. it was a Tony Bennett like um like event for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: she that performance she had like the
0: short brown hair. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes, Oh my god. Like there's just so many like live moments. When she was at what was that club in LA? Was it um Troubadour? Was it Troubadour? Troubadour, yeah. Sober. That- Thing. I mean, and then that guy with um, what was that band? The like Yellow Card or something? Metal oh, yeah. School.
0: She did it with <laughs> Ryan Key yes oh my god (laughs) i
2: just love like watching these moments because it's like from that to like now i was like like,
0: when when that when that actually happened like i'm gonna date myself a little bit i was like 14 when that that came out and i was like oh my god my idol is drunk on stage she drinks and i was like you know obviously now i'm older i'm like yeah she drinks it's like it's like a friday night (laughs) out but i at the time i was like oh my god i thought she was so pure yeah
2: i know i loved it because it's it's just like she's real yeah she's just fucking a real girl and that you can like drink with and like have fun with and be around she's just the best uh, okay.
1: last question from us uh, Jim um, uh, we, started the, we started the show talking about this American Idol season one 20th anniversary yeah. next season yeah. next year Um oh. Do you think that they will do anything to mark the 20th anniversary or would you be up for getting every, you know, the the nine remaining of you, you know, back together in a room to to talk about the, the first season and what you all went through?
2: So I'm crossing my fingers for Oprah. Oh, my um, God. So, um, I know. I'm just totally. totally <laughs> I, I, I wow. hear
1: I hear one of your uh, contestants has an outlet where she could get a lot of people together in a room to talk about things. She a talk I mean, show. Yeah. Maybe even put it on well, TV.
2: Well, and the thing, too, is like she did. So we were supposed to do like an in-person thing. Um, and I don't know if you guys watched this episode on her on her talk show. But, you know, when she had, you know, Simon and did Paula we watch it?
0: I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so I was like, when I was first approached by her, by the, by some producers of her show, I, they wanted to, we were, I was supposed to fly out and to do that in person and something didn't happen. And I think it was a budget. Cause again, this was, she hadn't like, I don't think she was at the Emmy. Like
0: it was one of her first episodes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was like,
2: it's right at that first season, right? So she was like very test marketing to see like how things were going. So the budget wasn't, I think there. Uh, And I almost just was like, well, I'll just pay for it. Like, I'll just fly out myself. Like, I don't care. Um, but something kind of like did that. So like, Hey, just like, you know, shoot something of what you're doing and like, we'll send it in and we'll cut it and we'll edit it or whatever. So that ended up happening. But I hope that she does. Like, I would think that she would want to, but again, it's kind of like, I would see why she wouldn't want to, I guess, like, I guess, you know, cause it's a part like, I know she embraces being on idol and like that whole part of her, you know, her, her past obviously, but I don't know, like I'm down for anything. If she wanted to do something, I would literally, of, in a heartbeat, like with no questions asked, like, of course. Like, I would
1: pay top dollar to be in a room to watch the nine of you sing together. Me all, too. Well, again, I mean, It would be incredible.
2: I mean, I'd have to like make sure I would, you know, have lipo done. <laughs> oh, I would shut to, up. Literally, Cause that's like, cause I I'd be 39 like next year. So I want to make sure that I was like delivering on all levels. <laughs> oh, but yes, in a heartbeat, I hope that happens. I hope that she would have us on her show. I think it would be amazing. I just to see everybody, I think in one room would be incredible. And then to like go out and like drink with like no cameras and just shoot the shit and just laugh and just be us. Like that was what was so great with, with our, um, our zoom was, it was just like, we were all just like drinking and just like laughing and just, it was so great. And I know that we would just have that, that magic, you know, again, no doubt. I'm, I'm hoping that happens.
0: Fingers crossed.
2: Yes. Damn.
1: Jim Veraro's uh, season one contestant with Kelly Clarkson. It has been an absolute joy to talk with you today. These stories have been so much fun and you are just an infectious human being to, to be around. And, and we cannot thank you so much for your, your generosity of your time and your stories and your, your input. It has been wonderful to talk with you.
2: Uh, thank you both. I appreciate you guys You know, having me. Um, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Um, anything that you want from here on out, you want to do, you know, whatever I can to support, let me know. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah. But I, I appreciate both of you reaching out and spending this time with me. It's been super, super fun. Thank, thank you so
1: much. much. That, is, that is wonderful to hear you say, thank you. We appreciate you.
2: Absolutely guys. Be safe. You okay?
1: too. Wow. How much fun was Jim Vararo's?
0: I'm obsessed with him. That was, <laughs> that was the, the best interview ever. I love him so much for like, yes, being a fangirl with us, but also just giving us so much insight and just, it's it's, it's cool to hear someone who lived the same experience as Kelly to a certain extent and how just surreal it was for him.
1: And what you guys didn't hear was that we actually kept talking to Jim for another half hour after that. I mean, so kind with his time, but, you know, just the... The stories and the insight and You know we were even you know I don't I don't Want to share you know a lot of what we Talked about because we were keeping it Private but you know he even was like You know what are your guys favorite Songs least favorite songs and he was Sharing his and sharing his opinions on Everything from her career to fashion and It was just uh, just what a fascinating guy To talk to and just like you said Pam Somebody who uh was in you know in the Thick of it with Kelly but at the same Time now gets to see it from a fan Perspective just you know really a Genuinely nice guy and I'm I'm so glad that that we got a chance to talk to him today.
0: Me too. Oh, love him. Jim come by any freaking time.
1: Yes, that was wonderful. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to keep up with the podcast, you can do so on socials at miss into podcast. Uh, please feel free to send your questions, comments, your Mike Kelly experience stories, all of it to, uh, miss into podcast at gmail.com. And if you've made it this far into the podcast, first of all, Props to you. Nice job. Uh, Keep listening because we are going to be having coming up some silent contesting that we're not going to let anybody else know about outside of social media or anything like that. You're only going to know about it if you listen to the podcast. So be listening for that uh, in the very near future. Until then, what an episode, Pam.
0: We did it. We did it. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com.